You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Banana. Aristotle was not Belgian. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you were having a wonderful day. Uh, if you were in the U.S., I hope you are um, about to celebrate the 4th of July holiday, reflect on the 4th of July holiday. Uh, and if you were outside of the U.S., thank you for listening, and I hope you're having a very nice Tuesday. Um, today, I have my good friend, Mark Riley. Mark Riley is a Collider.com personality. He is a screenwriter. He is a movie fan. And he is my former partner on the movie trivia showdown, a little uh, video trivia league that he and I play in. And um, today, Mark and I are talking about a movie that I very much enjoyed. Do you like that very loud airplane sound? This is what happens when you live near an airport is you can't really have a nice minute or two with no in interference. Um, Mark and I are talking about Sideways. So as you'll hear in the episode, like most movies that come up on the show, I hadn't really seen this movie until, or when I say that seen it, I hadn't sat down and actually watched it from start to finish until it was time to watch it for the show. But I'm really glad I did. Mark and I had a wonderful conversation, not only about this movie and about human relationships, but about, about all kinds of stuff that has to do within the industry and why this is a special movie, if it's a special movie, if it stands the test of time. Um, it was really fun. And we also talk about the idea that, you know, Mark, of course, Mark and I are both genre fans and Mark loves the movie Halloween and Poltergeist. And there were a lot of opportunity Jaws, of course. There were so many opportunities for him to pick a sort of on-brand genre movie. But instead, he picked, um, he picked Sideways. And I think you'll also hear in this conversation, in addition to talking about the craft and the making of the movie and what makes this movie special on the screen. We also talk about our personal lives and relationships and how this movie sort of is an interesting way to examine those things. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And here we go. Mark Riley talking about Sideways. Salty, Mark. Mark Riley. Oh, d- life just stuff. Li- just the life stuff. The the we talked the Twitter stuff. Yeah. So it can get a little bit tiring. It's a lot. It can get a little bit tiring when you genuinely like something, or you genuinely like, you know, hey, this is just my opinion, and to get the, you know, f you. Yeah. Can I curse? You can, can I curse. curse? You can the curse. The fuck you. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, my favorite was the, you know, the standing in front of the Ant-Man and the Wasp and saying, somebody saying there, I, I want to drop a bomb on all of you. <laughs> and being like, 
Dude, like, calm down. Yeah. Like a bug bomb? Calm down. No, a bomb. <laughs> like An a actual bomb. bomb where we die. See, they made a mistake. They had such a good opportunity for a joke there. But they could have. They... Well, yeah, then I guess it was a, it was a roast um, joke that the oh. guy was trying to hide behind. I just saw it as a, uh, you know, he wanted to, to annihilate us off the planet Earth. So yeah. go fuck yourself, buddy. Oy vey. <laughs> it's like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's fine, though. It's the end of the day. I'm with my friend Clark Wolf Yay! talking movies. I'm so, so glad. It could be worse. And, and this was so impromptu, and I'm really lucky that you were available and yeah. interested. And this is so exciting. I love it. I, I, I love your podcast. I've been, I, I couldn't wait to be a guest. And then the movie that we are going to inevitably talk about, I'm excited about. Yes, I'm excited too, because I'll tell you. So we're talking about Sideways. Oh. Uh, reveal. <laughs> and um, Spoiler. But I will tell you that I don't know if I had ever seen Sideways from start to finish before I watched it last night. Really? Yes. But <gasps> I, what I had seen was, okay. um, so Jason Reitman does this live read series out here in Los Angeles. Right. And for those of people who don't know, um, he basically takes screenplays like iconic screenplays and um, puts a bunch of actors on the stage and they read the script and there's no, you know, there's no blocking involved. It's, it's just actors on a stage reading a script. And um, it's one of my favorite things in Los Angeles. I think he has since retired the series. Unfortunately, I never got to see one. And that is the the biggest crime I have experienced in LA. The one, there were a handful that I like um, when he did Empire Strikes Back. I I wanted to do that one. Yeah. And he cast Ellen Page as Han Solo and Jessica right. Alba as Leia. And it's just like, that's what I love about him when he does those is the, is the he can cast whoever he wants. Yeah. Um, I saw one where he did an all-female Stand By Me, oh, which was fun. Nice. And then, of course, he did do an all-female um, Glengarry Glen Ross. But um, yeah. <laughs> that one's awesome. But yeah, so so I say that to say that he did Sideways. Okay. Who did he cast? So do, he, do cast um, he cast Keegan-Michael Key as Jack. Perfect. Okay. And he cast Josh Gad as um as Miles. Miles. Okay. And then I don't know why it's escaping me, and I definitely would have looked this up um, if I were more prepared. Um, <laughs> That's okay. But let's see who the ladies were. But yeah, it was um it was really fun, and and I I enjoyed you know Keegan Michael Key is one of my favorite people maybe ever. Yeah, he's kind of rad. He. Is like the best, and um, I'm finding it too. Okay, good. Let's see. I think this is even the article I wrote about it for Nerdist. Oh, that's right. Oh my Michaela god, Watkins. by Clark Wolf. That was me, and uh, <laughs> oh, it this was is back in 2015. It was a long time ago. Wow. It was uh, Michaela Watkins and Lake Bell. Okay, were, were the two ladies, and um, and I am such a Michaela Watkins fan. But anyway, so that was the first time that I was like really exposed to the screenplay. Yeah, um, it's such a good screenplay. And even knowing like who originally was in it. But so yeah, so but I was really glad that you picked this one because um, I know we were going back and forth. But you have a couple of standards that you could have done, mm-hmm. whether it was Jaws or, Jaws, or Halloween, Halloween um, or Poltergeist we talked about. Poltergeist, yeah, I was kind of, I'm like, do I be on brand when I'm hanging with Clark? <laughs> <laughs> or do I go the movie that I bang the drum on that I don't get to talk enough about, which was sideways? So I let's let's ask talk about that because okay. wh- how where I want to know I listened to your episode of 
Christian's podcast a million years ago, yeah. where you sort of talked about your origin stories, things mm-hmm. that even though you and I were like, we're good friends, I didn't even know about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you first see Sideways? Was there something going on in your life that made you resonate with it? Yeah. Made that, it resonate. See, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, that's why, because Sideways not only affected my past, but it's now like seemed to have worked its way and its magic into my present uh-huh. and will probably be a part of my future with my fiance. So I saw it with my ex-wife uh-huh. at one point. I don't remember when. I don't remember how. I just saw it. And then it was after the divorce, I would wa- I put on this movie to feel better. Oh, wow. It was my movie that I leaned on when I was going through that horrible time. Because Miles, and then, of course, I'm sitting there drinking wine mm-hmm. and probably drinking too much at that point. And I started to go, oh, my, oh my God, I'm Miles. I am miles right now. I'm divorced. I'm drinking too much wine and I'm a little depressed. Mm-hmm. So that movie gave me so much like strength for mm-hmm. some reason. It was just like, I see this movie and I identify with it. And not only that, it would just make me smile and forget because it's so funny. Yeah, it is funny. And it's so brilliant as a, like the way it's shot, the way it's written, the way it's acted. And the, especially the moment with Miles and Maya and when they're talking the first time. And, they, and we can get to that later. Sure. But I started to really identify with it. And then I found myself, I would put it in every year uh-huh. since then. And I would just start watching it. And then finally when I pulled myself out of the mud, dusted myself off, felt good about myself again, went back into the dating world, mm-hmm. um, I started to, you know, it would become something that I, I started to watch. Fast forward, then I meet my future fiancé. And I ask her, what's one of your favorite movies? And she's like, Sideways. And I'm like, okay, great. She likes wine too, so we we put it on. We watched it together. That was wonderful. Then we decided to go wine tasting one time for the very first time. We want to watch Sideways before we go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we watch Sideways before we go wine tasting. And on the way back down from that trip, we run into the guy in the cowboy hat who was at the tasting room that Miles and oh, no Jack kidding. go to. And I, and I go in, and we're in this tasting room, and I look at this guy, and he looks at me, and he goes, sideways. Uh. <laughs> and I go, oh, my God. I'm kind of geeking out right now. And he talked about the filming of it. He talked about meeting Alexander Payne. He talked about the landscape of what sideways affected the wine oh industry. Oh, my God. Pinots went up. Merlot sales went down. And wow. it caused that whole region to work on their Merlot because sideways gave them a really kind of bad rap. Yeah. And then we did the sideways tour. We did, you know, we stopped at the hitching post and had dinner and we did, you know, the tastings. Um, but yeah, so now we just, because it's now become one of my favorite movies with my fiance, I love how it helped me in the past. And then when she said it, I didn't have any ties to the old painfulness. Mm-hmm. I had ties to like, oh my God, you get it as well. And that, that's just become our tradition now. So every time we're going to go like wine tasting, we watch that movie. Sometimes we just want to watch that movie. I don't know what it is. I've seen Sideways probably three times in one year. Wow. Where it just like every three months, it's like I get a craving to watch Sideways. And I just, it's, it's just one of those movies that entered my top five. And I didn't know how or why other than what I just, I, I know how or why. Yeah. It's what I just told you. Um, did you, I, re, I, the video of you guys getting engaged, there was this like wonderful drone. I know. Um, she bought me the drone. It was amazing. But it was not, it was at the water. It wasn't at wine tasting. Right. But it, it was in the, re, yeah, we were in there. The, yeah, you were so up there, right? we stay in Cambria 
And Cambria is right on the coast. It's right by Hearst Castle. Yes. And it's on Moonstone Beach, and it's beautiful. It's a sleepy town. And 15 minutes away is Paso Robles. There, okay. So that's where we would go wine tasting. Yes. But it's not the sideways area. Right. Sideways is like Solvang. Yeah. Um, Santa Maria. And our wine club is where they filmed a scene of Sideways. Got it. So, yeah. So they're different. That's so fun. Yeah. It's, um, it's really interesting because I feel like this movie, this movie was not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And you know, I will say, um, I totally, I remembered very little from the live read in terms of like plot. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because Keegan-Michael Key is so likable, mm-hmm. but I don't, I didn't remember any of the like really horrible stuff that happens it's, in it. It's a like you look at the two main characters, they're like you can argue that Miles is a little bit despicable sometimes and Jack is obviously very dis- despicable because of what he does. But that there's somehow I read uh, an old review at rogerebert.com and it was like the two they they made this great point. The two of them make almost a person. Right. Yes. And I love that so much. I went, "Okay, that makes so much sense. And it's that, like that kind of thing. But at the very end, Miles, you know, he has a cathartic moment and he becomes a different person. And, and you, you would argue that he becomes a better person by the end of it. Yeah. But it's hard to get there. It's hard to watch sometimes. Do you find that, um, and this might be kind of a weird question, but I, I have a lot of friends who are men of all mm-hmm. backgrounds, of all ages. Um, and, uh, and I find that the ones who do not couple off Mm-hmm. Um, often become each other's partners. Right. Do you like, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so when you said that they almost, when the review points out, oh, they almost make up a whole person, right. that to me is like, yeah, because there's so many, and and uh, it's not a criticism in any way, but it's like the fear, mm-hmm. there's so much um, fear around emotion. Yeah. You know? And they both show it in different ways. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting because they, they literally the one cannot work without the other. Right. He's like, Jack is like, I'm going to go sleep with anything that moves. And he's literally running away from marriage. Right. He doesn't want to commit. And Miles is getting over that marriage, but not wanting to go anywhere. Yeah. Not not wanting to branch out and look at Maya and go, no, no, no. She'll, and he's, he even says, no, she'll never like me. And he doesn't want to fall in love again. And it's this interesting juxtaposition between the two of them and their two characters. So that when they do get together, like literally their adventure forces them both to become different people. Well, I would argue Jack remains a derelict afterwards. Yes. And I and I use derelict because that always cracks me up as Miles says, yeah. no, no, it's not all right, you fucking derelict. Yes. It's the best. And I'm like, that is Jack in a nutshell. Yeah. So, but that's a great kind of observation, well, I it's, would say. I mean, because I know that at least my female friends and I, we talk about relationships with men. Yeah. And, um, uh, or I should say my my straight female friends. But mm-hmm. um, we talk about relationships with men. And, and the thing that I've been learning lately, it, 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 well, I've always known this, but now I, or I've always thought I've known this or yeah. I've believed it. But now I'm like really thinking about it. And it's this idea of if a guy's not ready, mm-hmm. um, you can be, you can be the perfect person for them. Right. But if the timing is off and granted if the timing's off for anybody, like I get it, but sure. I'm talking specifically about men. Like I myself have been in that position where there've been one or two guys throughout my dating history where I've been like, if we met at a different time, yeah. this would be a forever thing. Yes. Um, and it's not that there's bad blood. It's not that anything bad happened. It was just like, no, this is not the right time for you. And I've had that 
with on the female side. Right. Where it's like, wow, that timing didn't work. And it sucks. Yes. And you want it to, but then you're forcing it and it's not going to work. And so what I find is like I have a lot of friends, especially in Los Angeles where I feel like everything's on a delay, yeah. you know, which, yes. is, which is also okay. Like I, yeah. I just was home in Atlanta and I was with my girlfriends who are all either have babies, trying to have babies, um, which is great. And they're, and you know, like, <laughs> and they're asking me all these questions about my relationship and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling okay in my relationship. Yeah. Like it's, it's really okay. Like one day, yes, maybe maybe those things, but like for now, these are, this is fine. But because we're all the same age and they're like, you know, they're so far ahead and I'm looking 10 years down the line or whatever. I'm in the same, well, not same, but I'm in a, I mean, obviously I'm engaged, but I, all my friends, a lot of my friends that that, that have been in relationships all have kids. Yeah. You know, I look at my age and I go, oh God, you know, my cousin, like my entire family, I am the only cousin to not have kids. Mm. Everybody is like settled down and has like two or three kids. And I'm looking at going, uh, hey, you want to go wine tasting and watch Sideways? Yeah. But I mean. (laughs) Sooner or later. I feel like, and that's, you know, like one of my best friends out here, she's, she's much older than me, um, but she didn't have her first baby until she was 40. Yeah, my 39 or 40. 40. And now her son is about to be like, her son is about to drive. Oh my God. And, but yet she, they are so, her family is so cool and they, and it was the right time for them. And, and that's kind of how I feel too, is like, I, and also the other part of it is I don't have any biological logical like right. push like I would probably adapt if I had children <laughs> yes. so so I could do that anytime <laughs> right, really right, right. Um, but but yeah I guess so my point is though out here in LA I meet so many men who have really um, tight but also maybe slightly codependent relationships with each other oh yeah uh, you know and and so I think miles and Jack are clearly um, you know, I think a really good example of that. The difference is that I do believe that Miles actively wants to change yes. or make the change yes. and and does swallow the fear and take the opportunity. Yes, that was the whole end. Yeah. That was him finally, you know, when you open that bottle of wine, that's when you're celebrating. Yes. And he opens it in a burger joint. Yeah. And after running into his ex-wife who is pregnant, and married and moved on. Married and, to a super cute, ma- handsome man. Right. He's good looking. He's, he's good older. Look- he's successful. And when he says the name, Ken, <laughs> you know that name. He's like, yes. Ken, how you doing? <laughs> but yeah, that's it's it's a it's a charming thing for him. But I love the codependent thing because I think that men, and I'll admit it myself with my current fiance, <coughs> is that and might because uh, that's why I identified with with Miles, was scared shitless again of course. to go down that path because my marriage, which is, you know, a podcast for another time, <laughs> was a complete train wreck by the end of the day. It was, you know, didn't work. And so I talked about it. I talked about it with my fiance. And then it was just, then it was like, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. But I can see that. I see a lot of men in, in our entertainment world it's, it seems weird. It's like they don't want to grow up. It's maybe is it the Peter Pan syndrome? Sure. Is it being afraid? Which I think a lot of men will not admit is that they are absolutely afraid mm-hmm. to be a man, step up, and what does being man, a man do when you get in a relationship and put a ring? Yeah. You then become a father. You then become uh, working together to make a family. 
and make that family work, and that can be something that could scare the shit out of men. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I, this comes from not only my own thinking, but conversations I've had with friends, high school buddies that like first kids on the way, we're out having a beer, and they're like, Riley, listen, and then they lay it on me, and I go, dude, you're gonna be fine. And then at the end of the day, they're like this, and they have beautiful kids now. Yeah. So, but I get it. That really stuck with me, Clark, when you said the two of them. Are codependent, and I didn't. Th- I, the 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 review, they become almost one person. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, they they very much are codependent on each other. Yeah, they're a partnership. They're a partnership. You know, yeah. which is okay. I mean, like, I don't want to sound it like I'm being critical. It's it's okay. So people, yeah. the, I've been in enough therapy to know that people do what they have to do to function. Yes. You find people for certain reasons in order to function emotionally. Yes. The trick is, and I think Miles does it, is actively trying to break the pattern. Yeah. You know, understanding the pattern and trying to break it. Whereas Jack, I don't think Jack will ever break the pattern. No. He, I, I think Jack is set in his ways. He, he, he makes everything work in his head. And I think it's because of that that... Jack finally knocked something loose in Miles. Yes. And Miles was able to realize, like, you know, and Miles could have, and I love the moment that Maya finds out that they've been lying the entire mm-hmm. time and that Jack, they have to go back on Friday for the rehearsal dinner. When are you going to tell me? We talk about this all the time when I watch it with, with my fiance. At that moment, he could have lied. Mm-hmm. He could have said, you know, oh, what happens Friday? Oh, uh, you know, uh, there's a party that we're going to and, you know, I have to be down there. It's just like, but I'll come back Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it may be. He could have totally lied. And then Miles says it. He goes, no, nope, I, I could have lied. I came clean. Mm-hmm. And it's because I think that was finally jarred loose because he, that's after he finally had a night with Maya and he's in love and he finally tells her the truth when he had been lying the entire time. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Well, I, so with Jack, um, before, before we talk about Miles, uh, yeah. I, I want to talk about Thomas Hayden Church. Oh yeah. Because Oscar I, nominee. Oscar nominee. Well, yeah. that was the thing I looked up. I could not believe that Paul Giamatti was not nominated he for this movie. He was absolutely, it was one of the biggest snubs I mean, in Oscar history that, for me. That was insane. Cause you know, but here's why. Um, and I'll get back to Thomas Hayden Church in a second, but yeah. I think the reason that um, Paul Giamatti was not nominated, it's the Sarah Jessica Parker, Carrie Bradshaw syndrome. Mm. Sarah Jessica Parker, the woman, is not Carrie Bradshaw. No. If you listen to her talk for two seconds, if you know anything about her, yes. she is weird and like and and very like smart and just she's she's not Carrie Bradshaw. That's very true. But people think because. They think that she is. And I think Paul Giamatti, because of the way he looks, but also because of the way he created that character, yeah. I think people thought he was playing himself. I, That's a good, yeah. Because I would say that's a great observation because I, he, uh, he kind of, yeah, I, he really does. And it, it, there's like pieces of miles that pop up in, in some of his other performances, sure. obviously, but he disappeared. And I mean, I, in a way that I've, you know, when you revisit it as many times as I have, yeah, I could see that. But I see him in all these, like, character roles where he's either, like, nefarious or he's the bad guy or he's the blowhard or mm-hmm. he's the, the fast talker or he's John Adams or whatever. Right. And it's like, it, it's like Paul Giamatti always struck me, actually, as kind of a cool fucking dude. Yeah. Like, he, you know what I mean? He seems like the type of guy who's just like, yeah, man, this is who I am. Like, what's up? Like, yeah. I'm an actor yeah. and this is great. Yeah. What, what's not awesome about my life? <laughs> I know, and, right? Um, I mean, I know nothing 
know, I do not know him. I've never met him, but I've always been struck by how he kind of always has a smirk, mm-hmm. uh, which I find endearing mm-hmm. uh, on Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. And um, but but that said, Miles, um, I know guys like Miles, yeah. and 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 the to the point where when I was watching this last night, the mannerisms, the the way they can't commute talk, like the yeah. it it just he truly created a living, breathing character. Yeah. And I think he made it look too easy. He did make it look too easy, and the only time he could talk was when he's talking about wine. Yes. And that's, that I always go back to the scene is when Maya falls in love with him is when he basically says why he likes Pinot Noir and the Pinot Grape, and he just, all he does is talk about himself in that moment. Yeah, oh yeah. Because he's like, the Pinot Grape needs a lot of care, a lot of attention. If there's too much sunlight, it can die. If it's too cold, it can die. You need to really coax it. You need to get it out. To to get the full flavor out of it, you have to really take care of it. And he's basically telling Maya what sure. he needs. And then she falls in love with him, I, what I think, or, or has the first markings of like, this man just told me everything about him under the guise that it was a wine. Yeah. And then... She goes into what she likes wine, yeah, and does, it. and then that moment she goes, and sometimes it just tastes so fucking good, mm-hmm. and then he blows it, yeah, and he doesn't go in for the kiss, and he completely blows it, and I love that moment so much. She, Virginia Madsen, is phenomenal. Oh my god, yeah. she's so good in a role that could be very thankless, yeah, like in a role that could just be, I'm the supportive lady who right. lives up in wine country and who kind of likes the weirdo guy, yeah. But she, <laughs> in this, in this, uh, male fan, Alexander Payne's male fantasy, right? Uh, which again, nothing wrong with that, but what she she elevates that material, um, that piece that you're talking about, that monologue she gives is just so beautiful. It's so, it's so beautiful. Like her, like his, his, is his like real nerdy, protected, sheltered way of talking about himself, which I I get. Yeah. Um, but her response is just so empathetic and mm-hmm. kind, and also thoughtful and heartfelt. And she, I just, I, I was blown away by Virginia Madsen. I was too, and nominated. Yeah, thank God, rightfully so. Yeah, and and again, I go to that Roger Ebert review to read it before it hit theaters. Or maybe it hit theaters, and but before all the Oscar nominations, yeah. they called all the nominations. Mm. They're like Virginia Madsen deserves a nomination yeah. just based off of this. I mean, and she was the the only one really that was like highlighted as like she's gonna get nominated because of the response after what you just touched yeah. on. Yeah. Well, so back to Thomas Hayden Church. Though. Oh yeah. Here's why. So I was thinking about it, and he is a the character of Jack is just a schmuck. He's, um, he's terrible, but. When you cast somebody like Thomas Hayden Church, who is so damn likable, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even, like, it's hard because the things he does are so terrible, and yet you don't really feel like he has any comprehension of how mean they are. Right. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's like like you he it's I don't even think it's that he knows it and he doesn't even choose to think about it. I think he's just like he doesn't understand why what he's doing would elicit mm-hmm. the reaction that 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 Sandra O's character gives. You know. Oh yeah. Um. But but casting him was just perfection. It, it made the movie tolerable, honestly, because it really did. It, you know, because if you cast the wrong person in that, who's just a dick, it's a it's a fine line. 
fine. And like I said, they're both, they could be both like, he's despicable. Yes. He is absolutely despicable, everything he does. And then he, the way they cast him too, we notice every time when Miles busts in there and catches him having sex, you're watching this old guy and it's disgusting. Yeah. Like his ass. Yes. It's the first thing you see and you're like, good Lord, man. Like, put it away. You're disgusting. Yeah. And the way he talks about women is disgusting. I mean, he makes everything is about an object to him. Right. And getting it and delaying the fact that he doesn't want to just be a man. Yeah. And that's Miles's foil. Um, but yeah, but you said it. If you cast somebody else, I can't even imagine, mm-hmm. um, then that movie doesn't work. Yeah. Same with Miles. Same with same with Sandra Oh. Sure. Same, same with Virginia Manson. All the, those four characters... If you don't get that casting perfect, then that movie doesn't work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I, be- I believe that Thomas Hayden Church can't help but be funny. Like, mm-hmm. every- he's just funny. Everything, yeah. I mean, it- it's and it's like not even almost, it- it's timing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of shtick. It's kind of delivery. But he is such a... And again, it's like he makes it look easy. Yeah. That like that drawl and hey man, it's all good. Yeah. But but the the real comedy work that he's doing is like I just like there was some Next stuff level. he said that that just made me laugh out loud and good. and yeah. it's and it's just like what it'll be one word or mm-hmm. two words, but it's just it's it's laugh out loud funny. Uh, the way he when Miles when they first get there and do their first taste and it's like they go, he goes through every like motion. Now look at it and the color does it do this and then hold it up here did it and then he drinks it and he goes mm, I hear and he, and Miles knows everything, and Jack just looks over and goes strawberry <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like he just picks up on that one taste in the wine and strawberries. Yeah, I think that's what makes him relatable in a lot of ways, too, because even for me, like knowing he has this really terrible plan, you know, leading up to his wedding. Yeah, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, I'm identifying with him and relating to him. Mm -hmm. I'd say for the first half of the movie, because it's like, yeah, you go. Everybody has that friend who takes something a little too seriously, Mm -hmm. something that's supposed to be fun, whether it's a sport, whether Mm -hmm. it's movies, Mm -hmm. whether it's wine, whether it's food, right. like pick a thing. And you're just like, yeah, cool. Me yeah. too. Can we just have fun now? Like, <laughs> right. I don't even, you right. know. And and so I was like, yeah, man, I'm kind of like him. Like, I have no palate when we're talking about wine specifically. <laughs> I'm um, getting there. Yeah? I'm getting there, yeah. This is the thing too is like, do you think it's possible? So why do you think, this is kind of a weird question. It's oh, kind I like of a broad it. question. But why do you think that wine for a guy like Miles? Uh-huh. Why do you think that wine is the thing for, for him. him? Well, one, I think he's an alcoholic. Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> yes, there's that. Yes. But I think that's Miles is, I think it it could be it started. I mean, obviously, he's also wanting to be a novelist. Sure. But he also teaches English. Right. And it's I think it's middle school. And mm-hmm. I think that the wine and the like how it can be so – the palate, for for instance, how it can be so. Yeah, there's so many layers, right, to wine, and like, and he says it. He's like, "Oh, I feel this. I feel that." I think he, he feels like it makes him smarter. Yes. And I think he really maybe identified. And we learn also that his old his ex wife was also a wino, yes. and they like to drink wine together. And so, and he even hears when she's pregnant and she's not drinking anymore. He's like, "What you?" So I think that. 
that might have been the way they met somehow. Mm. But I I see Miles because Miles is also a kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. I really feel like he's a little stuck up. Totally. And I feel like the wine helps that narrative he has in his mind that if I know everything about wine, he's a wine snob. Yeah. I mean, let's be, like that, that moment when he's like, Filtered, tar, roast, oh not impressed. You know, and you're like, yeah, shut up, Miles. Such a and dick. And what does Jack do? Tastes pretty good to me. Yeah. Because he wants to have fun, and Miles is this wine snob. So I think it literally, it's a part of his character that he thinks he's, I will look better in the eyes of people if I know my wine. And I think he truly likes it. Mm-hmm. I think he truly believes everything he, and goes down that rabbit hole on every bottle he opens. But I think it's a part of his character that, um, he embraced. Yeah, it's a superior. I think it's a superiority thing, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But you know, so so that's actually really interesting because um, one thing that I noticed about this movie that I loved, oh, we good. got to see where everybody lived. Yeah, and the way that they lived. Yeah. So their houses. We go into all four of our main I characters' didn't houses. Realize that. And what's that's great? And what's interesting about Miles is that wine is a very expensive hobby. Right. Well, if you look at his apartment, it's a shitty apartment. He even and, says so. Yeah. He doesn't have a collection. It's a small gathering. And you look at his car. He drives yeah. a shitty car. He drives a shitty car. And yet he's walking around these bougie Northern California white people towns. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and 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 trying to be like, I know all of this and I know all of and, and it's but you know what I mean? It's like that's the thing. That's the one thing. That's so funny. And he also when he's late, obviously, he oversleeps. There was a tasting. He oversleeps, but he stops at his coffee shop. Yes. And he goes, crossword puzzle and a spinach croissant. Yes. And it's like douchey way yes. to say croissant. And then he's doing the crossword on the way up. In pen. In pen. Again, yes. See? That, that's his, he has a superior, like, his intellect, he thinks. Yes. Is gonna, and, which is so funny because Jack could be looked at as just a dumb person. Right. Right? But that's why they're... And and together. Jack dresses like a dum dum. He, yeah, he, he, he dresses he, like a, a. He looks a surfer. Yeah, he's like the Hawaiian shirt like, and flip flops. Yeah, he's like kind of schlubby. Yep. And uh, yet he lives in this gorgeous house, which I think we're led to believe is in Brentwood because of where they, you know, the Los Angeles. Yes, I think it is Brentwood, and you know, and that's he's like marrying into that yes. family, which makes perfect sense for Jack. Yes. Um, because I feel like he doesn't want to work a day in his life, mm-hmm. and so he's marrying into money, and he even says so to Miles. He's like, well, they offer me a job. And then, so sure enough, he falls in love with a a wine girl and wants to live up there and commute. And it's like, again, you're running away, but it's interesting with Jack. It's interesting because he is marrying into this family. Yeah. And he is going to be allegedly taken care of. I think that, you know, so... I've been noticing a lot recently. There's there's a lot of quotes. I, I think it gets attributed to Tom Hanks. I don't think Tom Hanks invented it, but basically yeah. what he says is, or what he's credited with saying is that being rich um, and being famous or successful, it only makes you more of who you were before. Yes. So if you absolutely. were a dick or an unhappy person before, guess what? You're going to be even more unhappy. Yeah, it's not going to um, change anything. Exactly. Uh, or if you were a fine, you know, pleasant person before, then great. Now you have a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Bonus. Yeah, and you'll probably be generous with it. Yep. Um, but I have met a handful of people, um, especially recently, there's there's one person in particular that I know that I've met who is very successful mm-hmm. and young and attractive mm-hmm. and wealthy and mm-hmm. an actor. 
Okay. And this person, in my experience with them, uh, is not a nice person. Ooh, okay. uh, or at least they're not, they haven't been nice to me. But that said, I think it's because this person is colossally unhappy with their life. Yeah. And it's like. Usually what happens. And Well, and so I think it's like with Jack. I think it's that he he's Jack is never going to be satisfied because no. Jack has never done the work. Right. He's never done the work for himself yeah. on himself, you know? He got I mean the what happens the minute he gets found out and he gets his nose broken, yeah. he gets beaten the shit out of him and way to go Sandra O. Mm -hmm. Just knocked the shit out of him. He picks up a, a married woman right after at a restaurant right. and goes and and sleeps with her and then gets busted yeah. and runs home naked. Yeah, like through an ostrich farm. Yeah. I mean, it's like he doesn't stop. And he even says, his character even says, that's who I am. I'll never change. Yeah. He basically says it. And then he's crying because he has to get the, the rings back because he's like, I've, but I didn't, I think that was, that crying that he did to Miles, I think is complete bullshit. Interesting. I think he was acting his ass off. Really? Oh, yeah. I think that was all for Miles acting because he he's an actor. Yeah. And I think he tapped into something there. I think he meant it. I think he, no, I don't think he meant it. I think he believed it. And I think he was just the greatest acting performance of his life. So that's funny because yeah. I read it a little differently. Yeah, and I love that because I think I've had this conversation with oh, really? my fiance. Yeah. Okay, cool. She, I think, yeah, I want to hear you. So what I think is that I think it's actually very real. Yeah. Um, now, I think that if I were to break down in such a way, mm -hmm. um, it would be coming from a different place. But I think Jack probably does this all the time. Yeah. He probably balls, he probably feels, my life is over, I'm hysterical, this is all, like, I need help, blah, 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 blah. Like, he, this meltdown is probably very real. Yeah. But if you or I were to have a meltdown like that, it would probably rock us on the inside, yeah. and we'd be like, oh my God, like, I just had a breakdown. I think Jack breaks down all the time. So he basically went, Whew, got that out. Yes. Moving on. Exactly. Like a venting. Yes. Yeah, okay. And um, and meanwhile, though, what I love, and I have a feeling that um, that Jack has done this to Miles a million times mm -hmm. since they were in college. But, but there was a moment in when I was watching, and this is, again, why Paul Giamatti is so fucking good. He makes it's it look best. easy. Um, Jack is... Jack is breaking down and the camera is like looking up at Paul Giamatti and he just gets this look on his face like, like, you're pathetic. Mm -hmm. And I've probably been in your shadow our entire relationship mm -hmm. and thinking that you had it all and had it all figured out and you are a fucking loser. Yeah. And, and meanwhile though, Jack is probably like, as you said, <sighs> okay, well, I got that out. Yeah. Let's move on. But I think this is the first time that Miles probably was like, oh, I'm all set. Yeah. I don't need, maybe you and I are not, Yeah. maybe you're I, not the I partner so. I want anymore. I think so. I think there was that. There's a version of that. I think, yeah, I think he's been cleaning up Jack's messes from day one. Totally. Like you, like you said. Um, and yeah, I mean, because obviously everything that happened with Maya, everything that happened with Jack, everything that happened with The weekend. Um, you know, changed Miles' Miles's life, you know? Um, but that scene, it, it, I love that you saw it that way. Um, I still believe, yeah, he was full of shit, but that at the same point, I could buy that too, mm -hmm. that he went, oh, you know, and has done this a number of times. Sure. 
Well, he probably also goes to Christine every couple of months and is like, oh, baby, I'm sorry, I love you. And she's probably going, oh, my God, he's so sensitive. He really meant it. I know. And now, I've, and now yeah, totally. Um, I would love to have been, I, I would have loved to have seen the scene when he gets back. Oh, my God. But rightfully so, we didn't. That's yeah. not his story. Right. Um, we're not with his story. We just know he's, and he, yeah, he says right when they pull up, it's like, wait, and Miles goes, how are you going to, you know, and this is what's interesting, just to go off your point, when he goes, wait, how are you with this? And he goes, oh, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And he goes, nice one, Jackson. And it seems like Miles is like, happy about that, mm -hmm. that he knows how to lie like that? Well, and also, like, they set it up. So, like, when Jack says, you know, they're in the car before he's crashed the car, uh, Jack says, put on your seatbelt. Right. And so so it's it's actually... Oh, that's a good callback. It's yeah, technically yeah. not a lie. Right. Right? Because right. it's like, oh, but, you know, I'm telling the truth. You were wearing a seatbelt. Yes. And it's like, and, and I think he's like... Yeah, you just, I think Miles is just like, yeah, man, you really have this figured out. You're, yeah. you're, your situation. You've created a world yes, that only you can live that in. That is it. Yeah. You've created a world. Which is so interesting that Miles is a writer mm -hmm. and having problems selling his novel, and Jack is making it up as he goes, mm -hmm. and but in a way that he has created this world, and it's so real to him, and he can just go like that, oh, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, because that's the world he created. Yeah. He was probably... Five steps ahead of this accident. So funny. Like, that's I, what's interesting. It's, uh, you, you know, yeah, he totally, I think Jack totally buys all of his own bullshit. I think he does. Which is, yeah. there are lots of people out there like oh, that. Oh, God. I, I have, uh, Jack is a high school friend of mine. <laughs> yes, me too. I I know him. I'm not going to say it, but I know him. I know who he is. I would probably tell this band the same thing, and he probably hasn't seen Sideways. <laughs> but he would probably watch Sideways and go, yeah, I am. I, he is single. He doesn't care. He he wants to any girl he's near. He wants to sleep with her. He goes full at her every time. I'm always like, dude, come on, don't be that guy. You're in your 40s now. It's time. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have I have two friends from high school who um, have told me that they have had this conversation oh, where yeah. they're like. Yeah, I'm totally Jack and you're totally Miles. And they're like, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah. 100%. And knowing both of them, I, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. Um, there you go. But, you know, it's a process. It is. Um, I also wanted to say, even though Sandra Oh has a precious little to do in this movie, mm -hmm. she is great. She is great. And yeah. what was, you know, yeah. She this is how they met, too. Yeah. Alexander Payne. I, well, maybe you put her in. They're already dating. Who was already dating? Alexander Payne and, and Sandra, Sandra oh. oh were together for no many kidding. years. Yeah. I thought they were married. I didn't know that. So, and I don't know if it was because they met on here or he put her in because they were together already. That's really interesting. I think. She's great. She's fantastic. And she's it. now on this. It's just, it's funny because I didn't watch Grey's Anatomy, so uh, I, I, I knew she was on it. Um, I did too. I didn't. It, I only knew her from Sideways. Yeah, same. And, um, but she's on this show now that everybody's saying is amazing. It's like a BBC oh, yeah. serial killer drama. Oh, well, I um, need to watch that. Yeah, then. I can't remember what it's called, but if you Google it, you'll find it. But okay. um, I, I've talked to, everybody I've talked to who's watching it says it's it's fantastic. And that Sandra okay. Oh is playing a character that is just totally unique and a really interesting, weird okay. kind of character. I'm down. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I have to say, one of these days, we should, so, no, no, we're not one of these. Well, yeah, I should be so lucky one of these days. But <laughs> I just love the idea of actors who 
are super successful. You know, she's got Grey's Anatomy money. Sure. So oh, yeah. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> and I love the idea of like, yeah, so I'm going to go do this BBC One um, weird serial killer drama. Yeah. Because... Why, Why not? not? Yeah, and it's it's just she's a she's a really good actress. She's a she, cool actress. She was yeah, and she's I I would look at that performance when you first meet her when she's pouring. It is so great. Yeah, it's so like I love that the way she checks out Jack. Like she's kind of digging on him, and then like pouring that. This is our estate Syrah, and just keeps pouring. And he's like, ooh, Stephanie. And she's and she just has that like, yeah, I know, and like walks off. And I'm like, she's just great yeah. in that in that part. And, and then I care so much oh, for her. Yeah. Like, cause like he's a dick. I he's do. like literally telling his daughter her daughter, like, I wanna be there for you. Yeah. And it's and it's just like, do you re- and Miles even says this, like, do you know what he's telling her? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Yeah, I can only imagine. And I'm sure he believes it. Back right. to the world thing right. again. He believes it. He created this right within three days. He created a world in which he lives happily ever after with Stephanie taking care of her daughter. Yeah. It's awful to, to do that. And I mean, but also it says so much about her character too, the idea that she would introduce Jack to her daughter and, and her mom. Her mom. I know. Her mom totally, like, I have I feel like I've met people like this, male and female, mm-hmm. that they are ready to give their entire life over in one day yeah. to another person yeah. because they need that. Yeah. And that's Stephanie. And it's sad that it's Jack. Right. Because you got the, you literally got the wrong guy for this. And you learn the heart. Then it's heartbreaking when she finds out. You see it in her face. And then she does the right thing and beats the holy hell yeah. out of him and breaks his nose. Yeah. And it's just like, it's great. Yeah. It's like, screw you two. Me? What did I do? <laughs> It's and miles again. I didn't do anything. That's it's great. Yeah, so. it's it's a great. It's a, she's really really good. She's mm-hmm. so good. Um, is there anything else that stands out to you, or any f- other favorite like things that I'm missing in um, that movie? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I'm sure that there's plenty, but I mean, I I probably laugh every time when Miles goes in and at the very end of the movie. And he goes in and helps Jack and gets the rings back. And yeah. the big naked oh trucker guy. Oh, my God. The best, like, as we were, I think I, I mentioned to people here that we were doing this later. And I mentioned to Jeff Snyder. And I said, um, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Sideways. And he went, the best use of gratuitous nudity by a man yes. ever. Like, th- that, I mean, you see full. Everything. 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 Guys, you know, fill in the blanks. And, but that guy running and just. By the time you get there, everything they've been through for that moment to happen, I'm just like, I can't even believe this is happening. Yeah, that I will say that scene just so when Miles is sitting out, you know, and he has to run through. I was just thinking about if I were in if that was happening, if that happened to me. Yeah, I know. What what would I do? Like, right. what, like and it just and it made me laugh out loud how silly the situation was. Yeah. And yet I completely bought it for these two knuckleheads. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Miles would actually do that yes. is is another change with Miles that I think that he grew some balls in that moment right. and actually did it because he was run, mostly running away is what seemed like for a very long time leading up to this movie. Um, but he tried. I mean, he was writing, but I felt like he was pushing off the inevitable of calling his agent. That's another one that stands yeah, out to me. Yeah. I mean, I've been there as a writer where you call your agent 
And I remember getting dropped after working on a script mm. for so it's different. He was a novelist. I was uh, I had a script that I was working on, but I remember getting that call and I was like, no, we're, we're not we're not going anywhere with this. And I was just like, I was working on this for two years with yeah. you, and it's that easy. And I just when he's on the phone mm-hmm. outside the the winery, I'm like, oh my! Again, this is why it connects with me so on so many different levels. Is that moment is just heartbreaking for yeah. him. And then he tells Jack, "Let's back to the drawing board." Yeah, and it's it's a, just an awful, sad moment. Now, if you read the books, you know that with the character of Miles in the book, something different happens after the oh, movie. There's a sequel in the book. He actually writes about Sideway. He act, he actually writes about his experience with Jack, and it becomes a number one bestseller. Uh-huh. And then he's off and running. Um, that's in the second book. I've only read the first book, um, and now I'm friends with the the writer oh, on wow. Twitter. Friends. Uh, he follows me on Twitter, oh. and uh, he was like, he'll tweet at me sometimes oh. when I'm up there. We gotta Rex tell him Pickett. we're doing this. Oh, I will. I will tag us. Rex Pickett. He's very, very nice uh, on Twitter. Yes. Well, <laughs> one thing, uh, how shame on me, Mr. Scores and Soundtracks. Oh, yeah. The score to this It's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, I um, know. I want to find it, actually. Who did it? It's, um, uh, my boyfriend and I were talking last night, and he's a, my boyfriend's a producer, and he's got this kind of like, kind of like a dark romantic comedy sort of thing that he's working on. Nice. And uh, And I said, yeah, I'm watching Sideways, or just finished Sideways for the podcast. And he was like, oh, I was going to watch that for some inspiration because of the way the score he's like that's the thing that I remember most about Sideways is the score and how the score just like basically guides you through a lot of darkness but a lot of laughs but a lot of like really uncomfortable in between yeah Um, and he's totally right like the score really stands out and does a lot of work which is kind of amazing it really does and Rolf Kent so I'm very unfamiliar but I should be legally blonde Oh, wow. Okay, downsizing. So well, he's obviously, he's oh, up in the air. Um, yeah, so he did down. Okay, Dexter. Oh, sure. Um, it really stands out. Another moment where they finally sit down to dinner and he starts, and he had just found out that v- Victoria was getting married. Yes. Um, and he is continually getting really, really drunk. That music mm-hmm. is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, too, to, to your point. But then slowly with the music starts to die down because it's it's this heartbreaking. Like first it's happy, the dinner's great, and there's more wine come. Then like the movie or like the the actual shot selection that Payne does, the music, you start to feel sideways. You start yeah. to feel drunk. Then you start to hear the, the telephone ringing slowly underneath and the music starts going down and the telephone starts going up. And then all of a sudden there's Miles drunk dialing his ex-wife and having that awful moment that, you know, oh, I just found out you're getting married. I'm not going to go to the wedding anymore. I mean, that's an awful thing. I remember a very similar thing with my, to Miles, but different in that I wasn't like completely shit canned on Mm -hmm. wine. Hearing that is like within weeks of moving out, I found out there was another man. Wow. And getting that moment when you hear that, you're like, oof. Ooh, guess I wasn't that uh, special. Mm. Okay, great. Let me just deal with it. And I called her, mm. and I did the call, mm-hmm. and I did the Miles call. Whereas, like, I can't believe this. I can't, like, I was literally like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. So, that moment there too. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah. yeah, I know. I like Brutal. it. I like this. I'm like, this is like a therapy session, Clark. <laughs> How much do I owe you for your for your therapy appointment? <laughs> you owe me an RT, a retweet. Okay, no, of course. But, um, well, but here's the thing: like, 
we picked you picked a movie that is deeply personal yeah and i i really like that yeah. you know i yeah. do and i it's part of the reason why i wanted to do this one over poltergeist even though i poltergeist is is a very personal movie to me the older yeah. i get okay um i'll come back on yeah that please later on? deal because i feel you know, people know we talk about horror all the time sure. so when when you asked i was like because I, I we had talked about this before and i was like what do i do is it jaws is it Superman? Like, of the people that know me, like Superman, Jaws, okay, horror, Halloween. But sideways, I'm like, ooh, let's go deep. I like that. So let me ask you a question. Sure. One last question about sideways. Um, I, you know, I do think that there's things that that people who are not a Miles or not a Jack can relate to in this movie. Oh, yeah. But do you think if it's considered to be – so? What do you think about this movie being considered one of the greatest American comedies? Because I don't necessarily disagree, but this is a movie that clearly is very personal and speaks to a very specific kind of person. Yeah. Um, where I don't know if it's as universal as so many of, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And granted, any a comedy, a good comedy, whether it's, it's about your life or not, or you recognize your life in it or not, you should be able to enjoy it, and I yes. did. I I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that? Like the idea of making a movie for a very specific group of people. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think that's what Alexander Payne does. That you think you're right? I think he just makes a very specific. Because I I'm like one of those like I wasn't crazy about the Descendants. Oh, I love it. And I would like to see it again, mm -hmm. but it wasn't one of those that hit me. I adore Election. Mm. So it's interesting and about Schmidt. Eh, yeah. You know, um, so it's about – so there's that, that he's going to make what he wants. I wouldn't call this a comedy. Okay. I know it – I think Rolling Stones just did the uh, yes. 50 best comedies of the millennium and it was on there, mm -hmm. but it was very low. It was, I, it was like in the 50s sure. or in the 40s and I was like, what are you talking about? But that, at the same point, I don't find it to be – a comedy that much. I huh. find it more like a drama. Um, but what do I think about it for a specific audience? That's where I feel I really like the idea of it being, it feels like an independent movie. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? It feels like a movie that, you know, the a studio took a chance with Fox Searchlights yes. and it's Alexander Payne and it got nominated. It got nominated for Best Picture. It got nominated Best Actor, Best Direct, not best actor, best director. Uh -huh. It won best writing. Yes. So it's interesting. I am looking up, um, and again, this is something I should do before I come to the table, That's but right. I didn't. Um, I'm trying to find where Sideways is. So Sideways isn't on the laughs list. It's not on the comedies list. Okay. So it it's probably on the revised. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, um, I'm looking. Because, again, I should have done this. Um, for those who are listening at home, even though if you listen regularly, you know I'm rarely prepared in this kind of a way. Um, but we, I had a little incident this morning oh, with, yeah. my, with my pupper. With my heart stopping for you, oh, for my your God. puppers, because I know I would be there. If, yeah. if if it was Cal, oh God, oh, my dog ran away, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, with no collar on. But and, is it, yeah, oh God. But he is safe. He is safe and sound. Was he chipped at home? He is chipped. Okay. Yes, he is. Is that how they pop? Yeah, I have my chip 
for Cal in my wallet. For yes. So now I do. Now I have that info. And actually, that's not how we found him. It was just like going to the shelters, knowing that allegedly this lovely lady in my neighborhood it's... who picked him up was going to take him to a shelter. Yeah. So it was like, well, <sighs> there's only a couple in the valley. So Thank process God. of it. I just couldn't. Bl- yeah, it was. Anyway, that yeah. said, I don't know what number it is or where it is, but um, okay. So everybody on the show, oh, and Riley, mm. we're recording this on the anniversary of the release date of Blade Runner and The Thing. I know. Isn't I that crazy? That. I noticed that. We should have talked about The Thing. Oh my God, which is not on any list. It's not on any list. It opened to a whimper. Yes. Um, both of them did. Yes. And then I think I saw... I want to say Drew McWeeny um, posted something today. Um, but, well, in reading, it was like, too bad E.T. opened two weeks exactly. before. Exactly, yes. Because it just eclipsed everything. Yeah. It, which I get. I love E.T. I, I love my E.T., but I love my thing. Nobody I wanted love Blade Runner, that so. dark sci-fi. They wanted happy sci-fi. Of course. Um, yeah. You don't blame them. Yeah. Um, but, so, uh, as... My audience knows, and they're sick of me telling the story, but I'm going to do it again. Um, So at the end of the show, everybody gets to pick a movie Mm -hmm. that's not on the list or that they would add. And the reason that I did this is because the thing is not on uh, the thrills list. The thrills list. So what are the lists Well, we've got laughs, and we've got the general best American movies of all time. Okay. And we've got thrills, and we've got... You know, scores and heroes and villains. Mm. And honestly, it's just an opportunity to talk about a movie that you think is truly great. That I mean, I, because The Thing is out there, let's say, okay, so if Blade Runner and The Thing are both, it's been how many years? Well, it was 82. 82, so we're at 41 here? No. 30. No, my God, what is wrong with my math today? 30. So let's see, let's count it out 82, 92, 2002, 12, 30. Six years. Okay, 36 years. Um, the thing would be the one where I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, you could argue it's Carpenter's best. I would argue it's Halloween. You think that, you think, Car- that's it, wait a minute. Yeah. This is something. Yeah. Oh, I love, your, okay, your reaction was priceless. Well, okay. well, you think that Carpenter's best movie is Halloween, which it might you be. can think that. It might be. Because you, you think it's a perfect movie. I love Halloween. <laughs> it's my favorite horror movie. But, no. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I think The Thing yeah. is his best movie. I do too. Made. Like, across the board. Because of the way it's set up. Because of the way he shoots it. Because of the way... I love the fact that Struzan had like, I heard three hours before he had to turn in the poster, the oh. iconic poster, that when Universal got it, it was still wet. Oh, wow. Because that's he crazy. had to he, he had to come up with something. That's beside the, the point of the movie itself. Um, I think it's the most well-made movie. My favorite is obviously Halloween. Sure, sure. But thinking about it now, when I said that, I went, that didn't ring true. Well, this is the thing. That didn't ring true. And it was because Clark Wolf was glaring at me from across the table. <laughs> I wasn't glaring. I just straightened my books and went, hold on. I need to. You're like, wait a minute. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Well, this is great. 
That I was knew, awesome. I knew it would be wonderful. That was awesome. Such a fun little. I know. I, I, I listened to. I mean, the Sam Levine podcast. I had so much fun with. Them. I'm like, I need to get in there. Yeah. So, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you for doing it. Of and uh, well, yeah, I'll definitely have to have you back, and we'll do a horror episode. I know we have to because right. I know I, some people might be going like sideways. Well, that's but that's good. Yes. That's why we did it. Love it. Live it. Uh, live it. Sure. Sure. Watch sideways. All why right, not? Mark Riley. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Clark. Alrighty, friends, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed uh, recording it. And um, so the next episode in line is episode 30. And um, at that episode, I'm going to have an announcement. So I'm very excited to share this information with you. So um, stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. And I will see you next time. (laughs) 